Tabernacle of praise. Good morning, Tabernacle of praise. Good morning, saints of the living God. We are so glad to be in God's house one more time. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. We want to thank those of you that are watching online. We appreciate you so much on this cold, brisk morning as you're in your warm home. Thank you for coming out and turning the TV on and watching us this morning. We've just come here to give God praise this morning, so we're going to ask everyone to please stand as we sing the opening song. We set our work aside on this day of Sabbath rest. over he keeps us he magnifies he is such a loving God and we can praise him all day long and we just want to welcome you once more again to Tabernacle of Praise we want to uh, uh, give out our thanks for you being here 
We want to uh, let you know that our pastor, Jonathan Fields, and our first lady, Melody Fields, uh, they're uh, over at our sister church, but they want to give out their extension of welcome and we want to invite you to come on back. Amen. Amen. Because God is just that good. And we have a few announcements, just a few announcements. We want to make sure that we remember that God is watching over each and every one of you. Amen. Amen. And so that means that when he's watching over you, we have this prayer ministry going on. He wants you to pray. And we're going to pray a little later. But I want you to be a part of that. It's a calendar prayer. We're going to be praying every single day. And if there's something in particular that uh, uh, you may not know or not know about, uh, you can see Karen if she'll raise her hand back there and she can get you the calendar and, and, and get your name, your email. And so that, that can be sent out to you so you can be praying with us each and every day. Come on, say amen. amen. Much prayer, much power. And so we want to remember that. We also want to remember that we have our, our, our February, our Black History Month is coming up. Look, we already in the middle of, uh, of January and it's going to jump upon you quickly. But we are definitely looking at the third week of February. We have a special guest speaker coming in. Come on, say amen. 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 We want to come out in our African attire. You're not required to have to wear it every Sabbath of February. If you, but if you like, you can. But on that Sabbath, we want to make sure that we come donned in our, our African garment. Come on, say amen. amen. It's going to be a lot of information given out as it pertains to our black history. And so we want to be ready for that. We also want to remember that um, we have some sick ones. We have our elder, uh, Paul Harris, and his wife, Teresa. She's in the hospital. We want to remember them in prayer. We want to remember O'Mill and uh, Drea. She's in the hospital. Um, if there's any other that's in the hospital that I'm not aware of, we want to remember them. We want to remember those who are going through bereavement. We want to thank uh, our our, our Minister, I want to almost say a pastor. Our minister, uh, Joseph Price, for being here. Uh, we laid the rest, and I say we because we were part of the family. Come on, say amen. amen. Laid the rest. His sister yesterday, what a beautiful service, and we thank God for his service. Um, I also want to remember, there's one other announcement I was supposed to give. Uh, visitors, thank you. How can I forget? We want to welcome our visitors. And we have a visitor, a few visitors from New Jerusalem. Come on, say amen. amen. We have Sister Rogers, amen. We have Nikita, come on, say amen. And we have Nikesha, amen. I hope I said that correctly, ladies. Hallelujah. Thank God for you. And welcome, welcome, welcome. Come on in, let's continue our sermon. Join in, we'll put your hands together. Stand if you want. Come on and stand to your feet. Let's give God some praise in his house this morning.
is so good. Oh yeah. And it's exciting to know that he'll make a way out of no way. It doesn't matter what you feel or what you think you're going through. You can call on him and he'll make a way because he's that kind of God. All powerful. He said it when he left. All power was given to him both on earth and in heaven. And that gives me the acknowledgement of knowing that when we go to him in prayer, because he is that kind of God, he will come and he'll make a way. It may seem discouraging. It may seem like you can't make it, but he'll make a way because he's that kind of God, because he loves you. And so it's that time where we all get a chance to come and participate. And so we want to invite those who can and would and have a desire to come before the altar as we pray. Those who cannot make it, we ask that you bow your heads or if you reverently can kneel. But know this, though I may not know what's going on in your life or in your circumstances, he does and he will make a way. It's interesting that we have this time to come to you. As we were learning this morning in our lesson, teach us to pray. And the reality, Lord, is that it's an opportunity for us to come and communicate with thee. From the perspective, Lord, of our own hearts, each individual having a connection with thee. And so we can get excited, Lord, because we can call on your name. Because you're that kind of God. So much so that you numbered the hairs on our head, each and every individual. Which tells me, Lord, you know us personally. And that you desire to have a relationship one-on-one with us. And so, Lord, we come this morning on this blessed Sabbath thanking you, Lord, for how you got us through this week, Lord. Some of us, Lord, went through some harsh times this week, some tough times. But you kept us upright. You kept us moving. You allowed each and every one of us to wake each and every day, to lay down and rest each and every night and start it all over the next day. You fed us. You clothed us. You even gave us a little entertainment. Lord, we are so thankful to be amongst your children. And so, Lord, we come this morning wanting to share this this message of love. Letting others know that our God, our Father, 
our Savior is one of love. And so, Lord, as we look at what's happening around us, we understand that the enemy, he's on a rampage seeking to devour those whom he can. He's already threshed this attack upon your children here at the Tabernacle of Praise, Lord. And so, Lord, we want to lift up this morning. We want to lift up Sister Lakita, Lord. We ask, Father, that you would take and grasp a hold of her, Lord, and heal her temple, Lord. It's never a fun time or a good time, Lord, to be sick or to be uh, 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 stranded at home. But, Lord, we ask that you would touch her, heal her, Lord, of her illness. Wipe away the bronchitis, Lord, and let her, Lord, feel the, the presence of God before her. Lord, we ask a special prayer upon our elder's wife, Elder Paul Harris. We ask, Lord, that you would be with Sister Teresa. Lord, we don't know exactly what's going on, but we know, Lord, she's been in pain. We know, Lord, that she hasn't been able to maintain food, water, Lord. And so, Lord, we ask, God, that you would do what only you can do. Become, Lord, truly that balm in Gilead. Though you sit high, Lord, you reach low. So touch her, Lord. Heal her. Continue to be with her husband, Lord. Give him strength, Lord. 20-something hours of no rest. But you are God, the sustainer of all. Lord, be with O'Neill in Alexandria. Lord, I don't know the ends and the betweens of what has transpired in Alexandria, Lord, but I know that she had numbness running from her hands to her face. And so, Lord, I ask, Father God, that you would touch her, Lord. Heal her, Lord. Bring her forth, Lord, and let her testify to the goodness of who you are. Lord, there are those who are going through periods of bereavement, Lord. And as they said, our hands are lifted up. Because truly, Lord, our hearts are ready to receive you, Lord. And so, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for blessing us to lay our loved ones to rest with the assurance of knowing that should we keep ourselves right, afforded the opportunity for us as well is to meet when you come and be caught up in the clouds. And so, Lord, we ask that you would just continue to strengthen us, Lord, those who are going through bereavement. Be with Joseph, Lord. Be with Sister Lacey, Lord. Lord, only you. And so we thank you, Lord. Lord, as we look out, we said that this is a, a year of prayer. Each day is a day that has been awarded us, Lord to pray for somebody, for something, for an event. And we pray, Lord, that we will be faithful, Lord, to following our calendars and, and praying for the, the subject matter at hand. Lord, we pray, Lord, that even on those Tuesdays when we're fasting, that, Lord, you would keep and sustain us. Today, Lord, we want to ask a special prayer, Lord, for our conference, all of its employees, for our pastors and their families, Lord, Lord, we ask that you would move in such a way, Lord, that your spirit would be felt, seen, and pressed forward. And then, Lord, here's your children who stands before the altar. 
each one coming with an own personal agenda for me. But Lord, I know you have the substance and the, the ability, Lord, to read and understand their hearts and their minds. So Lord, be with them, cover them, lift them up, Lord. Remove whatever obstacle is within their path, Lord, and allow them, Lord, to have a free and clear direction unto them. I ask, Lord, that you would also be with our, our, our speaker today, Elderly Earl. Let the blessings flow down, Lord. Remove the man and allow for the Spirit of God to be seen, felt, and heard. And we would fail not to give you all the honor, all the praise, and all the glory, because you are truly our God. In Jesus' name, amen. Anybody looking for a blessing from God? Yeah. Amen, amen. Nothing more that better that we can ask for is a blessing from God. Amen. I could bless you, but it ain't going to be much. <laughs> <laughs> but when God blesses you, it's something great. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Now is the time where we all participate, our stewardship time, where we return our time, talent, temple, and treasure to the Lord in service. You know, it was pretty cold this morning, wasn't it? So I know that you are here to hear a word from the Lord. You got up out of that nice, warm, snuggly bed and came on out and braved this cold weather. So I'm so happy to see you here. But I want to remind you that not everyone has a warm, snuggly bed to come out of. You know, and next week we're going to be doing our homeless ministry where we go and give out food and clothing to feel the homeless that we can. You know, there's never, there's always a need for people who need food, clothing, and shelter. It's just part of what the Lord said, the poor you'll always have. And it's not that he desires that. It's just that sin is in the world, and that's part of it. And it's our duty as Christians to share our time, talent, temple, treasure, wherever we can to alleviate sin and suffering. And that also includes taking our time to build our relationship with God. Amen? One of the ways we build our relationship is through studying his word. I had mentioned last week that during our discipleship class every Sabbath at 2.30, we're going to be going through this little book called In His Steps. In His Steps, and what we're going to go over is the 28 fundamental beliefs of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. So if you'd like to review those beliefs or would like to get a little bit of study on it, see me afterward for one of these books. And uh, we'll get you the login information. It's going to be online. So we'll get you the login information where you can join us. And you can never, never do too much praying. And you can never do too much Bible study. We'd like to thank everyone for being so faithful in your tithe and offering, as well as faithful in using your time, talent, and temple for the Lord. At this time, I'd like to invite our deacons to come forward. I want to remind you also of our 12 Steps to Success, uh, January 28th at 5 p.m. And you can see me afterward for that information as well. If you would like to join our study, see me for one of these red books, Red Book of Truth. 
is what we're going to be studying. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for blessing us with the opportunity to praise your name through returning of our time, talent, temple, and treasure. We ask that you will bless it, dear Lord. Use it for a worthy purpose of spreading the gospel message to all the world in this generation. Bless us, dear Lord, to be faithful to you even until death. In the blessed name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Stand my praise. 
Anybody's worship here real? Amen, amen. We can just stand for the benediction after that one. <laughs> Praise God. I hope one day we just have the choir as our service. That would be beautiful. Very beautiful. And you know, that's what we're all here for today is to worship him. Not to look good, although you do look good. Not to show off, but to worship him. And that's why we're all here. You know, this, I think today was probably the coldest day of the, of the winter, wasn't it? Yeah, it was mighty cold. And I heard tomorrow's going to be worse. So it's a good day, good day to praise the Lord. Uh, you know, it's so cold. I had heard about these two, this lady was struck, uh, was stuck in her house during a snowstorm. She's a Christian lady, but stuff happens to Christians, right? She was stuck. She didn't have no food to eat. And uh, her neighbor was uh, an, a person who didn't believe in God and was always giving her more trouble than it was worth. And um, he overheard her praying for some food. She said, Lord, please send me some food. This snowstorm, I can't get out. I'm struggling. I'm suffering. And the, the bad neighbor overheard her. So he went and bought some food. He went and brought the food. He brought it up to her door and, and put it down there, rang the bell, and he hid next to the door. And she came out and said, oh, God has blessed me and answered my prayers with this food. And the man jumped out from behind the door. He said, woman, please, God didn't bless you with that. I brought that food. And the lady looked at him and said, God still blessed me even though the devil brung it. You just never know how God's going to bless you. Sometimes your worst enemy can be a blessing. We talked in Sabbath school about how praying for things to happen to people might not seem good, but whatever happens, there's an opportunity for growth for one or the other person in that situation. So don't ever count anybody as unworthy. Don't ever count anybody as not worth your time because God can use anybody and he uses everybody. This morning I want to uh, speak to you about something that's very important for us in this day and time. And that's to don't let our heart be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled is what Jesus tells us. But it's kind of hard to do recognizing the times that we live in. Let's ask the Lord's blessing as we seek his word. Dear Lord, thank you for the privilege and opportunity to share a word in due season on your behalf for your glory and honor. We ask and pray that you will open our ears, open, open our ears, open our hearts, and open our minds to be accepting of your word and not only be hearers but doers of your word as well. In the blessed name of Jesus, amen. amen. Our scripture reading is John 14. If you have your Bibles, John 14. John 14, 26 and 27. Would you stand with me as we read God's word? I switched it up on you, Andre, so don't worry about that. <laughs> John 14, 26, 27. If you have it, say amen. If you don't have it, say oh no. Oh, no. <laughs> All right, John 14, 26 and 27. Okay, let's read this all together. 
but the Comforter, all together, but the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatever I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You may be seated. The Bible says in Matthew 24, 4 through 6, Jesus answered and said, Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name and say, I am Christ, and they're going to deceive many, and you'll hear of wars and rumors of wars. But then he says, Just see that you not be troubled, for all these things must come to pass. So as we look around our world today, there is fighting going on everywhere, wars happening everywhere. You know, America's in the war now. We're not officially. They haven't declared it. But we're already blowing people up. Overseas in Lebanon, Israel versus Palestine. There's wars in Africa, wars in India, wars in Yemen, all these things happening. Wouldn't it be nice, Ukraine, wouldn't it be nice if we were not troubled by all these problems and all these things happening on earth? But how can you not be troubled? When you see all this death and decay and dying going on, it would be inconceivable for any caring, thinking person not to be a little bit troubled, right? So what does Jesus mean by telling us not to be troubled? Well, he answered that question for us when he says, but the end is not yet. So even though we see wars and rumors of war, death, destruction, illness, pestilence, all kind of things happening, it's not the end yet. It's still a little time of repentance, still a little time of mercy, still a little time of salvation, still a little time of justice, still a little time of forgiveness. It's still a little time of trouble yet to come. Verse 7 and 20, uh, Matthew 24 says, For nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in diverse places, and all these things are the beginning of sorrows. Now, if that's the beginning, I'd hate to see the end. If all those things are just the beginning of what's going to happen, how are we not going to be troubled by these things? Whenever you read a book, they usually save the surprise till the end, right? Whenever you hear a story or watch a movie, the villain does his most evil at the end. The end is always worse than the beginning, but here Jesus is saying, no, no, this is just the beginning of sorrows. With the entire world is full of hatred, immorality, murder, fraud, uh, immor immorality, robbery, fraud, disease, extortion, pride, lying, cheating, stealing, greed, lust. You can just keep going on. Those are just things I can think of. How can it get any worse than this? How? How can it get any worse? It's going to get worse. Listen to this next verse. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you. And you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. It just got worse, didn't it? Yeah, now it's personal. Now you're talking about killing me. You're talking about torturing me. 
When it was people overseas, I could deal with that. When it's somebody down around the corner, okay, that stuff happens, brother. You got to know that. But now you're talking about my life? I'm going to be tortured? It just got worse, didn't it? But let's be clear. We're not going to be hated for who we are. Who really cares about who you are? We're not going to be hated for who you are. We're going to be hated for who he is. Who are you to the devil? You're no threat to him. He barely even knows your name. You can't do miracles like he can. You, you're not as intelligent as he is. You're nowhere near as strong to him as he is. You've never seen God face to face like he has. You don't mean anything to him. He only hates you because you're the object of God's love. Because God loves you so much, the devil's after you. When you think about if you really want to get to somebody's heart, what do you do? Go after their kids. You want to cause some trouble, go after somebody's kids and see what happens to them. So the devil is after God's kids, you and I. He hates you for God's sake, not for yours. You're just another human being standing in his way of ruining and destroying the character and image of God. So, but why does he do it? Why does he do it? If the book Great Controversy says Satan desires to thwart the divine plan for man's redemption to cast dishonor upon God. That's what he's trying to do. Cast dishonor upon God by defacing and defiling his handiwork. Who's his handiwork? We are. Mankind. So if he can ruin the image of God out of mankind... He's doing what he wants to do. <clears throat> he would cause grief in heaven and earth with woe and des desolation. And he points to all this evil going on in the world as God's fault. God's fault. As a result of God creating man, that's why all this is here. The devil hates Jesus, and anyone who accepts Jesus as Lord and Savior, he hates him too. And how does he do it? Satan summons all of his forces, throws his whole power into the combat. Why is it that he meets no greater resistance from Christians? Why are the soldiers of Christ so sleepy and indifferent? Because people don't, that call themselves Christians don't necessarily really have a, a real connection with God. Many people only go to church because they grew up that way. Many people only go to church because it's a habit. Many people only believe in God because somebody told them to. They don't have a real connection to God because they are so destitute of his spirit because they have not cultivated a relationship with God. Sin ain't that bad. That's what some Christians say. Sin ain't that bad. We all sin, so why not? A little bit of sin is good. Like they say, you gonna, everybody's going to eat a little dirt before they die. Everybody's going to commit some sin before they die, so why not enjoy it? These are Christians talking. They don't meet sin as did Christ with decisive, determined resistance because people don't really realize how terrible sin is. They don't understand the enormity of sin. Many people think, 
well, I can do this, I can do that, I'm only hurting myself. No, you're not. No, you're not just hurting yourself. You're hurting everybody that knows you. You're hurting your children, you're hurting your spouse, you're hurting your loved ones, you're hurting your neighbors who look up to you, you're hurting your co-workers. Anytime you commit sin, like it ain't no big deal, people look at you and say, well, he did it. It must not be that bad. If she did it, it must be okay. Because those people don't have a relationship with God, but you do. And if they can point to you and say, she did it, so it must be okay, that's just the devil. Once again, trying to condemn the honor and glory and image of God in mankind. There is little hatred against Satan and his works because there is so much ignorance concerning how much power he has and how much he hates God and how far he's willing to go to destroy you and destroy God's church. A lot of people don't even believe the devil exists. They don't. They don't believe the devil exists. They believe God exists. But how can you believe God exists when he talks about the devil's existence? You can't have one or the other. It's both of them. So when people say, all oh, the devil don't exist, and stuff just happens, that's just how life is, K sarah, sarah. Now, if you have an enemy and you don't know he's waiting behind the door for you, what's going to happen? You're going to get the beat down of your life. Because you didn't recognize, I have an enemy out here trying to get me, so I need to take some precautions. And you don't take precautions because you don't believe the devil is real. And so you always stay in some kind of trouble, in some kind of problem, and you wonder why. It's because the devil is out to get you. He's out to ruin you so that he can ruin God and his church. And multitudes of people are just tricked. They don't know that the devil is a mighty general who controls the minds of evil angels and that he's not playing. He is serious about ruining you, your reputation, God's image, and professed Christians even among ministers. Now that just don't seem right, does it? Even among ministers who are called to be teachers of God, who are called to be leaders of God, who are called to be under-shepherds of God, even they hardly reference Satan, except once in a while. And they overlook his continued activity in this world and neglect the many warnings of his trickery and seem to just ignore them. Not preparing the saints of God to be sober, be vigilant, because your, your adversary, the devil, is walking around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And if you're not watching... Guess who's going to get devoured? People are ignorant of the devil's devices, and he's on their track every moment. He's always introducing himself in your household. you got to be careful what comes into your household. You can't just let anything come into your household. It's a trick of the devil to take your time and your mind. You can't just let your children hang out with anybody. You can't hang out with anybody. Everybody's not on God's side. And I'm, I guarantee that you have run into some people who are controlled by the devil. And you might not even know it. Now, I have 
actually run into people. I could just tell these people are evil. You know, the Lord will give you discernment if you ask. If you listen to his Holy Spirit talking to you, he'll tell you, stay away from this person. This person is evil. And they're only going to try and bring you down. But then you say, well, you know, I've been knowing them since childhood. Maybe you have been knowing them since childhood, but they haven't been knowing God since childhood. And somehow along the road, they got off on Satan's track. And now they want to bring you down. How many times have you met someone? It doesn't seem like they want to lift you up. They want to drag you down to their level. They don't want to be lifted up to your level. They want to drag you down into the mud so that you can be a poor example of a Christian. Again, doing Satan's will and not God's will. We have to be very careful who we let our children hang out with. Not everybody who sounds good is a good person. You know, how many of us used to watch uh, Leave it to Beaver with Eddie Haskell? <laughs> Always had something good to say. Hello, Miss Cleaver. Hi, Miss Cleaver. And then was up to no good. It's a lot of Eddie Cleavers in the world. Your child might be hanging out with Eddie Cleaver. So be careful. And as a parent, you have a right to warn your children. God warns us as his children. We have a right to warn our children. Not going to say they ever listen all the time, but neither do we. But God never hesitates to warn us. So we should never hesitate to warn our children. Be careful who you allow to take your time because they might not be working for God. They might be working for Satan. All very true, but even in the midst of all these things that are true parts of life, we should not be discouraged by it. We should not give up. We should not just throw in the towel. Because if you study the word of God, there are over 7,000 promises of salvation, of protection, of forgiveness, of love, and eternal life. So when the devil's talking to you, Go to God's word. Go to the word of God. Jesus did it. When he was tempted, he said, thus it is written. So that's what we should do. When we're tempted, go to the word. It is written. There are so many promises. Listen to just a few of these promises that God has given us. Genesis 3.15. I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and hers, he will crush your head. You will strike his heel. That's a promise of the Messiah. That's a promise of victory through Christ. Deuteronomy 31, 46. Be strong and of good courage. Fear not. Be not afraid of them. For the Lord is your God. He, it is he that goes with you. He will not fail you nor forsake you. Amen. Study these promises. Isaiah 41, 10. Fear thou not for... I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. You don't have to worry about what other people are going to do to you. He says in Isaiah, I am God and there is none like me. Isaiah 54, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. It might seem like you're on the losing end of the stick. Sometimes that's how life goes. It seems like you losing the battle. 
You might be losing a battle, but you're going to win the war if you stay, stay close to Jesus. No weapon is going to prosper. Yea, thou walk through the valley of the shadow of death, thou fear no evil. Why? He is with you. So when you're going through the valley of the shadow of death, keep on going. He didn't tell you to stop and pitch a tent in the valley. Keep on going through the valley. We all going through it. Don't get stuck in the valley. He's with you. John 3.16, For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth might what? Not perish, but have everlasting life. And we know all things work together for good to them that love God. When you are struggling and going through problems, Remember these promises that God gives you. That's why he gave them to us. If you're struggling and you read, no weapon formed against me shall prosper, you don't have to let that trouble you anymore. When you're struggling and you're ill and you, God says, I'm the great physician, you don't have to let that trouble you anymore. When you're struggling financially and you read, God owns the cattle on a thousand hills, all the silver and the gold is his, and even the hills the cows are on is his, you don't have to let that trouble you. When someone's out to get you, you read one of God's promises. And remember, you don't have to let that trouble you. We are cautious about many things that we should be cautious about, but you don't have to let it trouble you. There's always going to be things you need to be concerned with. You know, we all trying to make it in life. We all trying to make a living. We all trying to take care of our family, and stuff happens. That's just life. Right. Stuff's going to happen, and you might be concerned. You might be cautious. You might be aware of it, but you don't have to let your problems swing you around like a cat and throw you through a window. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to let it trouble you. There's The hospitals are full of people who let life trouble them. They let it wear them down. They let the worry get to them. Now they're in an insane asylum because of a perceived problem, not even a real problem. It's just that they made a mountain out of a molehill because they let it trouble them. God says, let not your heart be troubled. Even though you have things you got to face, even though life ain't always a bowl of cherries, even though it's not always, not always great, just don't let it trouble you. Don't let it stop you from praising God. We were reading this morning in our Sabbath school about prayers and psalms, and it was pointed out how the, sometimes the prayers and the psalms always start out with, look at all these bad things that's happening, but then the end of it says, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And that's how our lives are sometimes. We get to the why me part, but then we get to the thank you Jesus part. And I can tell you as a truth myself, I've been in a lot of situations, a lot of bad situations, mostly my fault. <laughs> but as I'm going through them, I pray about it. My wife and I, we pray about things. And then when all that's over, we find out that in the end, God blesses us. And we say, wow, we blessed above all. Don't let it trouble you. God's going to work it out. Do you believe God has your back? Do you believe God loves you? 
Do you believe he is God and there is none like him? Then don't let this stuff trouble you. Too many people are letting the little things of life take them from God. Too many people are letting the little things of life take their peace from them. Too many people are letting the little things cause them mental problems, cause relationship problems, cause health problems. It's just little stuff. Don't sweat the little stuff. Just let it go and let God take care of it. Then the scripture says, And then shall many be offended and betray one another and hate one another. Is that where the church is going? That when time gets tough, we hate each other? We fall away from God and we just throw in the towel and say, Oh, I just might as well give up. Many false prophets will arise and deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. You know that verse is talking about the church members. It's not even talking about non-believers. It's saying the love of many church members shall grow cold because we let things trouble us that we should not let trouble us. But he that shall endure till the end, the same shall be saved. Has anyone betrayed you before? Anybody offended you before? Anybody ever talked bad about you before? Anybody ever said they hate you before? Maybe even people want to kill you. They did those things to Jesus. They did those things to Jesus. What makes you so special? That's what's going to happen. It does not matter. The Lord says, uh, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples. If you have what? Love one for another. One, one for another. Yes, Not how many Sabbath school you've taught. Uh-huh. Not how well you sang the solo. Yeah. Not how many people you bring to church with you. Yeah. Not which pew you sit on in the service. Yeah. That's not all anything. By the love you show one to another, that's how people are going to know if you Christ's disciple. And if we have lost that love for one another, how's anybody going to know that we're Christ's disciples? How's anybody going to see Jesus in you if you don't have love for them? How's anybody going to see Jesus in you if you don't have love for yourself? By this shall all men know you are my disciple. If you have love one for another. The fruit that we should look for is whether we love one another. And our greatest example of love is who? God. For God is love. And as children of God, it was our created nature to be just like God. But it's just so sad that sin has gotten in in the middle of that. But we don't have to give in to sin. We don't have to give in to sin. Choose to be like Jesus. Choose to love. But how do we love one another? Love can mean a lot of different things. Got the agape love, got the phileo love, got the eros love, all different types of love. How can we show the love of Christ? By being merciful to one another, by being kind to one another, by being encouraging one to another, by helping one another out, by sharing with one another our time, talent, temple, and treasure. Christianity 
through the word of God and through his spirit can truly turn the world upside down if we only believe it and receive it. There's many times where we hear a sermon or we study and we just don't really believe it. And we hear the preacher preaching and he's preaching his heart out and we go home and we say, eh, I don't really know about that. Straight out of the word of God. But when we get home, we start watching TV programs that are doubting the existence of God. We start reading literature that's saying God don't exist. We're watching programs that don't show the love of God. And when we hear the word of God, we say, uh, I don't know if I want to, I don't know about that. I'm going to I'm gonna have to pray on that. It's in the Bible. You don't need to pray. It's already been prayed on. Obviously, there's many false prophets coming to the world and so many people being led astray because they don't truly make that connection with God. Many false prophets, you know, many uh, like Jim Jones, David Koresh, Super Dave, the Wonder Chemist. I don't know who that is, but, <laughs> but I read about him. All these different people, and our only hope against false prophets is what? The Word of God. The Word of God is the only way we can overcome false prophets. They overcome by the word, of, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. And the Bible says, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you what? The truth is God's holy Bible. And I'll make sure I say holy Bible because there's a lot of Bibles in the world. We're talking the word of God will set you, will make you free. What does it make you free from? Makes you free from error. Well, you know the truth. You are free from being tricked by error. But if you don't know the truth, error is going to just have you going every which way. Think about the people who count money in the treasury. They don't train them how to find counterfeit money. It's too much of it out there. They'd be learning constantly. But they teach them what true money looks like. So then when they see the fake money, it's obvious. That's how we have to be with the word of God. Learn the word of God and the false error is not going to bother you. That's why many people... I tell uh, new believers or people who I can tell haven't really studied, you got to be careful who you're listening to on TV. If you're not studied in the Word and you listen to some of these TV preachers, not all of them, listen to some of these TV preachers, they can lead you astray. Because what, de what the devil does is mix a little truth with a little error. If he come at you with a falsehood, obviously blatant, bald-faced lie, you're going to know it. But if I can just mix a little bit of truth in there and milk it, um, water it down a little bit, now I kind of can pull you along with me. So when you know God's word for yourself, not for somebody else, you can't depend on what I studied to help you. I can't depend on what you studied to help me when I need it. Study for yourself. Study to show yourself approved, rightly dividing the word of truth. That's the only thing we can uh, put our stand on. No one, no one on this planet can stand against God's word of truth. 
They might think they are, but when it all comes down to it, they're going to be on the losing side. No one can stand against God's true word. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words, God says, will not pass away. We're in a spiritual warfare. Anywhere and any place you go, you're in a spiritual warfare. You got to be ready. You got to be prepared to do battle at any time. That means you have to truly believe in the power of God. You have to have a strong prayer life. You have to have a good knowledge of the scriptures. And especially, you need the Holy Ghost. Without the Holy Spirit, none of it's going to make any difference. Each and every day we have to be fortified in the armor of God that we may be able to withstand in that evil day. And then having done all that we can, humanly, to stand on God's word, to stand on God's promises. Do the best you can do and ask God to do that which you can't do for yourself. None of us in here is perfect, right? I know I can get a witness on that. None of us in here is perfect. But we should all be striving to be more like Jesus each and every day. Study his word, pray, ask him to bless your efforts, and to crown you with success. We live in a troubled world, no doubt about it. But we don't have to be troubled when we depend upon Jesus. Our duty is to share the gospel message in spite of what's going on around us. One of the hardest things, in my opinion, for a Christian is to not become part of the world. Hardest thing to me, not become a part of the world. And by the world, I mean those who are not following God's word. Because they make it so easy. Everything is okay to do. If you lower the bar low enough, everybody can jump over it. And the world's thing is, if we just keep lowering the bar of standards, if we keep lowering the bar of morality, if we keep lowering the bar of integrity, everybody's going to be jumping over it. But that's not what God's calling us to. He's calling us to a higher standard. We can't overlook it, but we don't have to let these things trouble our hearts and prevent us from doing our duty of spreading the gospel message. It's not always going to be comfortable. It's not always going to be fun. It's not always going to be enjoyable sharing God's word. And everybody ain't going to like it. Everybody ain't going to like you talking about Jesus. (laughs) Everybody ain't going to like you talking about love and happiness and kindness and peace. They don't want to hear all that. In spite of what other people think. We're serving God, right? And God tells us to go ye therefore, teach, preach, let people know that Christ died for their sins. Let them know that he's soon to return, and now is the time to get prepared. Being a Christian, being a Christian is an inconvenient journey. Elder Paul Harris preached about that. Being a Christian is inconvenient. Do people ever call you at a convenient time to come help them out? (laughs) It's always 10 at night when you just got in bed. Oh, man, my car broke down. Can you you come? Do they ever ever ask for money when you have a lot of extra money? Oh, come on, bro, hook me up. Can't hook you up. I'm broke, too. 
It's inconvenient. Do people ever ask you to go out and uh, visit the homeless during the nice springtime? <laughs> no, it's during winter. They still need help. Christianity is inconvenient. So don't expect it to be comfortable to do what's right. Don't expect everybody to like you for doing what's right. They didn't like Jesus. What makes you so special? Don't let the world trouble you. You believe in God, believe also in Jesus. He's preparing a mansion for you in heaven. He's preparing that mansion. If you believe it, then receive it and accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. Does it, anybody looking forward to Jesus' return? Do you want to be in heaven with him? Are you looking forward to those golden streets? Are you looking forward to a mansion? Are you looking forward to the pearly gates? God's inviting you to come with him. But in order to come with him, you have to be like him. And in order to be like him, you have to accept his robe of righteousness. Accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. Accept him as the only way to heaven. Accept Jesus as the only way for forgiveness of sin. The only way of salvation. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes unto the Father but by him. Have you given your life to Christ this morning? Have you given your life to Jesus? Have you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior? If you haven't, I invite you right now to just raise your hand and say, Lord, I want to be saved in your kingdom. Doesn't have to matter who's next to you or who's around you. If you haven't accepted him, now is the appointed time. Now is the day of salvation. Don't ever wait. When you hear the voice of God calling you, don't harden your heart. Accept him while you can. Tomorrow is not promised to us. But salvation is promised when we accept Christ as our Savior. Thank you, dear Lord, for the privilege and the honor of hearing your word, of listening to the scriptures, of hearing your promises, of hearing all the blessings that you have for us, of hearing of your protective power, of hearing of your love for us, of hearing for, of salvation in you, of hearing all the great things that you have planned for us in your blessed kingdom. Lord, we accept you as our Lord and Savior. We pray for those who have not accepted you that they will before it's too late. We ask that you will bless all those in attendance, all those who are watching online, dear Lord. Help each one of us to study the true word of God. Help us to put it in our minds and our hearts that we might not sin against thee. Give us the courage, dear Lord, to stand up for you when the majority forsakes you. Bless us, dear Lord, to be found in your blessed kingdom, to be ready when you return. In your precious name, Jesus, let everyone say amen. Amen. Say, were you blessed? How many feel like you can make it now? You don't have to let your heart be troubled, right? 
God is there willing and ready to take you, to hold you, to, to, to keep you, because he's that kind of God. I invite you to stand as we have our closing prayer. Lord God, we are so grateful to know that you are a loving God. Even through all the hard times, the troubles that we may face, to have the clear understanding that you said, let not your heart be troubled. And that we have over 7,000 promises, Lord, that we can call upon to know that you can save us. So, Lord, we give ourselves over to thee. We ask, Father, as it was stated, study to show yourself approved. So, Lord, let the words of our mouth, the meditations of our heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our God, our strength. Deliver us, Lord, please. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Peace.